Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. This episode was originally recorded as a weekly live in the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition group on Facebook. If you'd like to join these lives, watch past replays, or get any of the written summaries I do for these weekly, please head to the link in the show notes, drop me a comment, I'm happy to help you out. Now, let's get on with the episode. We are live. It is the middle of March, and we're really starting to like get into race season, and I know a lot of people have pretty full calendars, so just like a quick thought for those of you looking at your upcoming races. How do you feel about them? I'd love to hear about it in your comment or shoot me a message, but do you feel confident um, that you can achieve your goals this year? How are you going to get across that finish line? What's your plan? And most importantly, like what happens if your plan falls off the rails? Like how do you make adjustments? For most people I coach, like the plan really isn't the problem. So I've said in the past, like there are a lot of great running plans out there that you can often get for free, but they often don't have strength training or they don't talk anything about nutrition or they just don't match you as an athlete. And even when they do, they still might not work because the plan is rarely the problem. The problem is like when the plan falls apart. I asked her, I'm really glad you're feeling hopeful. I'm pretty stoked. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Or like, cause sometimes a wrench get throw, thrown in the gears, right? Maybe you choose a plan that like seemed like a great fit, but you learned it was lacking when you got injured. And there's just so much that goes into training for an ultra that like run planning and strength planning and nutrition and hydration, and that's just to name a few of the things. So if you're looking at your race calendar and not quite sure how you feel, I'd love to chat, shoot me a message and we can set something up. That said, like, let's get to the big topic today. That's why we're here, racing weight. And I've gotten, I've gotten a few pointed questions about weight lately, and that's why I decided to do this one. Um, the other week, when I was on the Trail Manners podcast, which you should probably listen to if you don't, Eric's great, um, he took a couple questions from his audience for me to address, and two of those were about weight. So let's talk about weight when it comes to running ultras. And I'm going to give you some fair warning here. There is a high likelihood that I'm going to get a little rambly and maybe even a little heated during some parts of this. It's a point that is very near and dear to my heart, and which, which you'll see as we get closer to the end. But there's this idea of racing weight, and for the most part, it is a fairly harmful concept. The concept of an ideal racing weight has led some very high-level coaches, like I think it was the Oregon or Oregon State Collegiate Program, <clears throat> to force athletes to achieve a particular weight, even if it was actually harming their performance. And I'm not gonna lie to you, weight can matter to some degree, but it's not really your overall weight. It is more about your power to weight ratio. A bodybuilder named Nick Bear just ran like a sub three hour marathon. And I think he weighs about 200 pounds. And most calculators would say he is well above his ideal racing weight but he, cr he crushed the marathon. Like I would be super proud if I did that. And he, that's because he is really powerful. He has a lot of muscle. So when, a big, when he put a big aerobic engine on top of all that muscle, it didn't really matter that he wasn't at some like ideal racing weight. He had a very high power to weight ratio, so he crushed it. 
yes, he probably would have done a little better if he had less upper body mass, but sub three hour marathon is awesome. And this is just one of the many things we often overlook when it comes to the topic of like race, race weight. We don't discuss where the weight comes from, whether it's muscle or fat. We don't discuss how big of an aerobic engine you have in relation to that. We don't discuss like any of the stuff that actually matters. We look at a number on a scale and we get very focused on that number. So if your goal is just to like cut a number on a scale, it's really not that hard. Like we can look at the masters of weight manipulation, fighters. And fighters going into um, like an MMA fight will often cut like 10 to 15 pounds in the week prior to their fight. And it has very little to do with diet and almost everything to do with water manipulation, which is also why they don't weigh in and then immediately fight. They have 24 hours because nobody wants to see two people fight each other when they're that dehydrated. <laughs> the fight would be a lot less interesting to watch and it would be a lot more dangerous for everybody involved. But the point stands, if you dehydrate the hell out of yourself, you will drop a ton of weight very quickly you're also going to perform badly. And while I could drop five to 10 pounds by the weekend with very little issue through just sheer dehydration, it wouldn't make me any faster. It would actually make me a lot slower because I'd be dehydrated, right? And you know how I feel about proper hydration. So when we talk about losing weight, we're actually usually looking to lose fat. And when most people try to lose, but when most people try to lose weight, They'll do it in a way that also causes them to not lose only fat, but also a ton of muscle. And we do this by cranking our activity and dropping the hell out of our calories, which is a great way to drop the number on the scale, but it's not a good way to lose fat or at least lose fat sustainably. You'll see this a lot in like typical weight loss challenges at gyms. And they'll give you a meal plan that is low in calories, but very high in protein and fiber. And they'll do a ton of activity, usually in the form of like HIIT workouts or some other extremely intense form of movement. And the number on the scale will drop, but it often results in a lot or a huge loss of muscle mass, right? Which will put you in a worse position because at the end of the challenge, even though you've lost weight, you'll often had the same or sometimes an even higher body fat percentage. So this means you're in a worse place to maintain those results and your metabolism has actually gotten slower. And this is why I am not a fan of most of these intense challenges. A big, very common one is 75 hard. If you're not aware of 75 hard, it is an intense 75 day challenge that pushes you to work out twice a day, one of them outside, there's a bunch of good stuff in there too, like reading and hydration and all sorts of stuff, but it's, it's this intense thing. And if you're already super fit, it can be a great way to like test your motivation and initiative and push yourself to new limits. But starting a weight loss challenge or a journey with something like 75 hard is very much like starting running by towing the line at the Hard Rock 100. It's going to ruin you. It's not going to get you where you need to go. And even if it does, you're not gonna be able to stay there. And even if we did lose a good amount of body fat, your weight just doesn't matter that much for an ultra. 
it could, and I really emphasize could, matter if you're trying to like podium. But even then, it still doesn't matter all that much. Because we often don't see somebody win an ultra by like the span of a couple minutes. It's just not that common. And that's the kind of margin we'd be talking about here. If you need to drop a minute or two off your race time, and then everything else is on point from training to nutrition to sleep, then weight might be a good target for you. But there will almost always be a more effective and efficient target to improve your performance. You're almost always better off being something like 15 to 20 pounds overweight than you would be underfueling and underhydrating during like peak training or going into your race. If you feel good and you are making progress in your training and you have like appropriate hunger signals, then you are really good on your race weight, regardless of what the scale says. Seriously. But I know that ultra performance is not the only reason people want to lose weight. Right? Like for some people, some people are really scale focused, and I've worked with a few of them. And if that's you, I ask, why does that number matter for you? Is there really a big difference between 120 or 125 pounds? Like what about 150 and 155? And if so, why? Like what's the difference? If you imagine everything else was the same, you looked the same, you felt the same, you performed the same, but you drop, the number dropped five pounds on the scale, Ask yourself if it would really matter. And at one point in my life, it absolutely would have. And some days it honestly still does. And it's one of the reasons I don't step on the scale that often. But it typically means I need to like redo a conversation with myself. So if that's you, please look at that. <laughs> Talk to someone if you need to. It's The number shouldn't matter all that much. And I know it can, because I'm there. Uh, some people really do want to lose fat. And I think that's great. And this is why this is such a like, tight thing for me. I used to weigh like over 200 pounds in my late teens. I'm 5'7", so that is not, a, not necessarily a healthy like, fat percentage for me. I was not that strong, I was not that fit. So over 200 pounds at 5'7", when you're not very strong, is not good. Even if you are, like, it is well into the obese range, right? So I was definitely fat, and I hated it. And from about the age of 12, I was pretty focused on my weight and appearance. And it's actually one of the reasons I don't, like, market towards fat loss. It's one of the reasons I really enjoy working with athletes. It's not that I'm against fat loss, but all of the marketing towards it really messed me up as a kid. And I just didn't want to contribute more to that very saturated space. People want to lose fat. I'm more than happy to help. But I just don't feel good about putting that message out consistently. I think of myself as like this little 13 year old and like how much I felt like a fat piece of shit and I cannot put more of that out there. And this is one of, again, this is one of the reasons I really enjoy working with athletes and ultra runners. A large part of my year gets to be spent saying, hey, you should probably eat more. <laughs> you need to eat more to crush your race. And I love food. So that is just a great sentence for me to say. It's just much more, it's a much more enjoyable conversation to have on a weekly basis as someone who has like struggled with that myself. As I said, like I had grown to over 200 pounds by the age of 20. When I was 21, I dropped about 50 pounds in like six months and losing that much body fat changed my life. 
I could breathe better, I could move better, I could finally do pull-ups without, and like I could run without my knees hurting. Some of that was more strength and running form, but some of it was just less weight on that bad form. And losing a bunch of weight opened a lot of opportunities for me, but I did it poorly and it resulted in some long-term damage. Went from fairly sedentary to doing over two hours of exercise per day. And I just slashed the hell out of my calories by following a one meal a day diet called the warrior diet. And I did that stuff for years. Esther, I don't have a problem with eating, bring on the food and snacks. I am with you. <laughs> and let me tell you, like doing that much activity in a caloric deficit absolutely led to everything from injuries to hormone problems to underperformance. And I was a pretty good athlete, but I was tired all the time. <laughs> and I, thinking back on it now, I often think of like what could have been, right? And this is why I often worry when ultra runners start focusing or talking about losing weight. This is why a lot of coaches worry. I think we've gone maybe too far in the other direction sometimes where we say weight doesn't matter. It, it absolutely can. It can be good for you. It can help to lose weight or to lose fat specifically. But having that be your focus as an ultra runner throws up a lot of red flags for coaches because we just see things like overtraining syndrome and the female athlete triad and relative energy deficiency. And it just is, it's scary, right? Because a lot of us have been there. Most ultra runners do a ton of activity. And when you train heavily or even just a lot, even if it's not intensely, in a calorically depleted state, your body will eventually fall the fuck apart. So if you're in the middle of your season and pushing your training, it is not a great time to target weight loss. If you have a good training program that targets both running and strength, if you're eating enough, if you're hydrating well, if you feel good, if you're sleeping well, and you end up losing a few pounds along the way, then that is great, but it should be a side effect, not a goal. You shouldn't target fat loss in the middle of a heavy training cycle. And this all comes down to just like an awareness of your goals. For this, I use like NCI's triangle of awareness. Imagine a triangle. <laughs> And the three points, three vertices of the triangle are fat loss, performance, and longevity. And you can be anywhere on that triangle, but you cannot be in two places at once. So you have to always ask yourself, like, what is my priority right now? We cannot care a lot about losing fat and a lot about performing well at the same time. We can do a bit of both. We can be more in the middle of the triangle, but we cannot heavily target both at the same time. And since training for an ultra typically requires you to train very heavily, if you are also focused on fat loss, you are inherently skirting a very fine line. We have to pick what matters, and I'll use myself, I'm happy to use myself as an example. Right now, I weigh somewhere around 180. And that said, like I'm a better runner now than I ever was at 155. And that is because I have a lot more muscle, I have a higher power to weight ratio, I'm eating enough food to support my training, and I'm actually training appropriately. The weight has not really affected it. And if I wanted to target fat loss, I would need to be okay with my training falling off a bit. I would have to be willing to slow down on my running progress in order to lose fat, which I'm not willing to do right now. I wanna get better at running, so I'm making sure to fuel myself to support that. 
And again, if you want to lose body fat, I think that's great. But when I originally worked to lose a bunch of body fat, there were, there were two reasons. There's two reasons that most people work to lose body fat, health and appearance. And there can be health issues with carrying a lot of excess fat. Problems like insulin resistance and hormone issues and appetite control and non-alcoholic non fatty liver disease, etc. This is especially true if you have a lot of visceral fat, the fat that lives like in and around your organs. If we think of like the standard firm beer gut from the 80s um, sitcom dad, right? Then there's also subcutaneous fat. This is like the pinch and inch fat on the outside of your muscle. And that seems to affect, affect your health maybe a bit, but only in very large, only in much larger amounts and not nearly as much as the visceral stuff. But people also have like some level of appearance goals and that's fine. Like I do, and we should be honest about it. Most people do. And there's no problem with like some level of vanity, whatever that may mean for you. But we also need to prioritize. Training for an ultra is not a weight loss strategy. It's just not. Like if you want to lose fat, I think that's great. But we need to prioritize. You can have multiple goals, and but we need to target them probably at separate times or accept that we're going to do a much lesser, slightly more mediocre version of both. Like I'm a huge fan of body, body positivity movement. I could have had, I could have used much more of that as an overweight teenager. I'd probably have a lot less body dysmorphia and feel a lot better about myself. But I think we also end up in the wrong, the other direction sometimes. Like if you have appearance goals, we sometimes think that's bad. And if you want an eight pack, go get that eight pack. Like just know that the eight pack is not going to help you become a better runner. In fact, it'll probably make you a little bit worse because you're going to require such low levels of body fat that you're going to tank. So I was going to hear, like spend some time elucidating on like how to lose fat, but I'm going to jump to questions because the first question covers that really well. So we're just going to dive right in. If you have any questions you'd like me to address before I shut this thing down, please put them in the comments. Um, but we're going to jump into ones that were in the group. So first question is, I never lose weight running, which I'd love to lose some. Could it be that I'm not eating enough calories? I've tried eating less, and that seems to make no difference. First off, like, please listen to this whole answer, because the whole thing really matters. So the basics for weight loss are simple. Not easy, but simple. <laughs> if you want to lose fat, then you need to create a caloric deficit. You need to expend more calories than you take in. But a lot of things affect both ends of that equation. As you get better at running, you will actually burn fewer calories on the same effort. Being worse at a movement means you're inefficient, which causes you to burn more calories because you're inefficient. Also, if you have a thyroid issue, like you can lose as much as like 50% of your basic metabolic rate. So this is why thyroid issues are somewhat common, but things like this are why it is really hard to target a specific like caloric amount without some experimentation and like discovery first your body because so many things affect it right if you've been in a low calorie calorie diet you will also start to like down regulate hormone production and other internal processes your body metabolically adapts to what you're teaching it to do your body does not care about your running goals. It cares about keeping you alive. So if you are consistently underfeeding, it's going to slow your metabolism 
to help that happen. It wants to keep you alive. And this is what I see from a lot of people. They spend a long time under-eating and over-exercising, and as a result, they're no longer able to lose weight without some hyper-restrictive diet, right? And if you're at a point where the only way you can lose weight is going to diet of like seven or 800 calories, there is a problem. The answer is to restore and rebuild your metabolism. We need to take some time eating more and building muscle. And this means that the first step for a lot of people, if not most, when it comes to fat loss is a restoration phase. You start to eat more food and you lift some weights to indicate that you're trying to build muscle. Most of your cardio at this point should come from walks or like very easy running. And you shouldn't do a ton of it, right? This is another reason that we shouldn't start a weight loss phase in the middle of a heavy training cycle. If we do this, your metabolism will slowly build. And since muscle is more metabolically active than fat, that's one reason. Your body also starts to feel safe. If you've been under eating for years, you've been showing your body that is in a place of like starvation and famine. So it has down-regulated everything in order to keep you alive. This is why high-level athletes, or like a lot of female athletes in college will lose their period and everything. Like we're under-eating and overworking. So if you show it that you live in a place of abundance, things will start to return to normal. And then once you're there, we can go into an active fat loss phase by reasonably cutting your calories and increasing your cardio a bit or doing whatever you want to do, right? In the end, like a lot of this comes down to compliance. If your maintenance is somewhere around the 1200 calorie mark, you just don't have a lot of room to work with. You're already under fueling, and at that amount of calories, you really can't get enough nutrients to fuel your body appropriately. So if we can raise maintenance closer to something like 2000 or even higher, ideally, you have a lot more room. It's just a lot easier to survive in a cut when your cut is something closer to 1500 than when it's closer to seven, right? It is just math. <laughs> so if you are stuck and fat loss is a goal, then we need to spend some time on this like rebuilding, restructuring phase. Then we can get the fat loss phase over with quickly because fat loss sucks, <laughs> very bluntly. Under eating kind of sucks. So we should give ourselves the best chance of success by building a good base first. And the next one wasn't asked directly, but essentially like I always set weight goals for race day and never seem to hit them. So honestly, based on all the stuff I just discussed, that might not be the worst thing in the world, depending by how much you're off. Like it's very likely that your weight goals wouldn't help you too much anyway. It's possible that you're just going in very well hydrated into that last phase. So when I was training someone to summit Everest, his weight had been stable for weeks. He was actually the most like consistent person on the scale that I've ever met. But a few weeks before he left, it jumped like two and a half pounds, somewhere in there. It was because we'd started hydrating him more and we bumped his salt up to prep him for the elevation. And as a result, he jumped pounds and he crushed it. Like he did fantastic on his Everest trip. But it's possible you're just fueling your, or hydrating well. It's also possible you're just fueling your training well. As I said, if you really want to cut weight for race day, this should be done pretty far back from the race. We shouldn't be cutting in a peak. We shouldn't be cutting in a taper. We should do it early because that gives you the best chance of getting the most out of your training cycle and actually recovering during your taper. 
And then one last question live from Esther. How can I lose belly fat and back of the arm fat? So all fat, you can't really target. Spot reduction is not a thing as much as I wish it were. Um, a lot of the time it is going to come off in the reverse order that it comes on. So like for me, I gain a little, I gain belly fat before I gain anything else. And then I gain it really evenly. So for me to be able to see my lower abs, I need to get really lean. So it's not a thing that I tend to do because I hate it. And it said like, if you are in a deficit, fat will just kind of come off as it comes off. And then eventually it will start to come off of those places as well. And then you might need to get very lean to make that happen. Some of it's genetics, but the spot reduction thing really isn't a thing. If we want to lose fat, then we need to like create that deficit in a healthy way. And then it will come off more or less how it comes off for you. I hope that makes sense. Cool. That's all the questions I have for today. And I'm going to get going. This will be posted as a podcast here soon. And I will be back next week with another one of these. Hope you have a good week. And I'll talk to you later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.